We all are different types of people. There's things that are going to work for some that aren't going to work for others. So you take what works and you toss the rest. Instead of forcing myself to fit this mold, I'm going to take the bits that resonate with me and run with those. And I'm going to find more things that resonate with me and add them to my toolbox. And for me, that's what it was. It was creating this toolbox of different skills, of different things that I could fall back on in those moments when life would show up, right? Because we know that life is always going to be throwing us curveballs. It's just human nature. It's just the way things are, right? And it's at some point in time, something's going to happen. I hope it's not a fire, but it's, you know, those happen, right? There's different variances and degrees and no one is worse than the other. It's just that we all have these experiences that we're going to have to come up against and build that resilience in knowing that no matter what life faces, whatever, what life puts in front of us, we're going to be okay in spite of it. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Constantine Moron, and with me today I have Sheila Sunderland. Sheila is a certified social and emotional intelligence coach, professional, educator, speaker, podcaster, and best-selling author. With 20 years experience in the science and education industries, Sheila combines her knowledge, quirky sense of humor, and curiosity in human behavior to find ways to master this thing we call life. So, prepare yourself for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Sheila Sutherland to the show. Sheila, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Sheila, it's a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, Constantine. I've been looking forward to being here with all of you today. Well, as have we. So, let, Sheila, let's start with your journey first, because, you know, we've all been on some very interesting journey, and yours is definitely an interesting one, and it brought you to where you are today. So where would you like to start with your journey? What do you think some pivotal moments in life were? Oh, my goodness. Yes, it, it is. When I look back, it has been quite the roller coaster. And I view that there is one piv- what I call a pivotal moment for me when essentially my whole world came to a standstill. You know, it was, it was a time when, you know, I, I, I mean, looking back at it now, I can see I was getting all these messages, but I was ignoring them. You know, I, I kept pushing them away. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll deal with you later or no big deal or, you know, whatever, you know, just kind of soldiering on, right? Because we all have busy lives and it's, it's hard sometimes to, to listen to those little inner pokings that we get of, oh, hey, you need to pay attention. And you're, it's so easy just to <clears throat> quiet them and ignore them and shove them away. But I, I unf- unfortunately learned the hard way that if you keep pushing them off, they become bigger and louder until it doesn't give you the choice anymore. And that's what exactly happened to me is, you know, like I say, I kept ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. And then it was, it was back in 2010. It was right around, right at Christmas time. And, you know, so you think of Christmas, everyone's happy and joyous and celebrating. And it's my favorite time of the year. But that year, I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I, I didn't have the same joy. Nothing made me happy. I just felt it stressed and angry all the time. And I had, you know, I I couldn't put my finger on it, but it just didn't feel right. And so my best friend and I were heading out for our, you know, Christmas dinner. So we were, you know, we're getting all sparkled up and getting all ready to, for a night on the town. And the, the fire alarm started going off in my building. Now in my building, we had a tendency to have a lot of alarms. And so a lot, we got, all of us in the building got to the point where like, that's just a false alarm yet again. But, you know, something again didn't feel right. 
So I looked out the door, you know, didn't see anything, couldn't smell anything. I actually went to the main staircase and went up one floor, went down one floor, still couldn't see anything. So I thought, oh, it's just another, you know, false alarm. I'm heading out. You know, got in the car, saw the fire trucks arriving, and I was just like, oh, okay, I know they're still supposed to arrive, but this still doesn't feel right. But continued on down to the restaurant. And I hadn't, we weren't at the restaurant very long when my phone rang. And usually if I'm out with someone, my phone's in my purse, I don't pay attention to it. But again, that message like, you need to take this call. So I excused myself and I took the call and the voice on the other line said, there was a fire in the unit above yours. Everything is gone. You need to come home. Well, my every like my brain just went blank, I think, at that point. I really don't remember a whole lot what happened afterwards. I don't remember the drive home. I mean, the beautiful thing was that my best friend who I was out for dinner with was my insurance agent. So she was able to we get there and she was able to start the ball rolling because my brain just was not working. I had no idea what was going on. I walked in, the the fire chief walked me into my place and I just saw the destruction. And my place, like probably everybody listening, my, my home was my sanctuary. It was my safe place. It was the place that when I came home from work, I could close the door, I could shut out the world and hopefully leave all the noise on the other side of the door. And I could just finally, it was for me, it felt like I could take off all the masks that I would wear during the day. And it was where I could truly relax. But now it was gone. And I felt like I had no roots. I felt like I was just, I had nothing. I was just floating. I was, I had nothing to hang on to. And so my whole world just fell apart. And because I was at maximum stress already at that point, my whole body said, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. We're out. We're checking out. So mentally, emotionally, physically, I just, I shut down, which was not my usual. So this was, this was an area where I was like, I don't know. That was, and for a person who felt like I knew I had an answer for everything, this was the first time in my life where I'm like, I don't know what to do. And it was just, it was such a foreign, empty, lonely place to be. And how long were you in that place? I mean, that's such a powerful story, right? Because it took away everything that you essentially felt dear to your heart. And like you said, that was the only sanctuary you had, and now it was taken away. How long did it last, that feeling? And what did you do next? As I would imagine, you know, I mean, when that happens, like, what can you even do? Rely on friends, family, right? And Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, every, you know, I had, you know, my parents, my friends kind of rally around me and, you know, and they were like, well, you know, you know, thankfully you're well insured, everything will get replaced. And it, it just dawned on me that I really didn't care about that. Yes, I knew that the things could be replaced. And it, it was interesting because, you know, it, and and some people may resonate with this is, you know, we work hard, you know, during the day and, and we like to have things that we enjoy. We like to surround ourselves with things that mean something to us. But when it comes right down to it, those things don't mean anything. And that was a kind of a big kind of a aha moment I had because I was like, that can all be replaced. Everything that truly had meaning for me, like, you know, the photo albums and pictures and, and certain books, they were all safe. They were all up above ground. They were behind, you know, closed doors or they were in cabinets. So everything that truly had meaning, I didn't lose. But, you know, my, my furniture and, you know, dishes and things like that, I was just like, you know, that was no big deal. But what I felt that I lost the most was my peace, you know, because this was my safe place, because I felt, I felt like when I was in the outside world, I had to wear these masks to show everybody like, Hey, I'm good. I'm fine. Everything's going great. You know, you put on the perception that you're fine. And, you know, I've, I've learned that fine is a four letter word that we really, you know what, it, it's a, it's a lie that a lot of times we tell ourselves. And 
I had to come face to face with that lie and realize that things hadn't been fine for a really long time. That I was putting on the mask of fine. And, but once I was behind the door in my place, I could take that off. But it was the only place I allowed myself to be truly vulnerable, to be truly, truly myself. Yeah, you know, to be truly I, Sheila, right? To be, yes. to be the person that you would love the world to see, but we are afraid to show yes. it because of being judged yep. or being treated differently because we are who we are. Exactly. And I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. I think even like just really in my own skin of, of who I truly was. Like, I don't think I, well, I know I didn't know who I was, you know, because I had part of my journey in all of this, and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, is I realized that I, I was one of those, you know, people pleasers. Whatever you want me to be, I will be. I will fill that role to make you happy, to make your world good, even if it meant it was at the detriment to my own, my own self, my own health, my own energy. And really understanding that I didn't know who I was, was a big kind of revelation for me. You know, previous to this, I had, I had just come out of a 13 year marriage and I realized that a lot of the things that were our marriage was built around was his likes. It wasn't mine, right? I was always adopting whatever he wanted because I thought that was the best way to, to keep the peace, to keep things, you know, cause, oh, we never fought. We never did, you know, and I was like, that's because I was always giving up parts of myself and wasn't, I wasn't standing up for me. And I, not that, you know, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't being abused in any way, but I wasn't, exerting my own likes, my own wants, my own needs. Yeah, and, so would you say, like, you, you wouldn't be yourself, right? Which yeah. meant if you couldn't be yourself, then you wouldn't care about those other things because you weren't yourself. So someone else's needs and power was more important. Right? Yeah. Giving your power to them. Well, and that that's a very important word that you said there. It was. I was giving up my power on a daily basis. So I kind of felt like, you know, the... I was just on this this roller coaster, like I had no control. And during all this, that was kind of, you know, it, you know, and a lot of people came up to me and, you know, and like, how are you doing? How are you making, how are you getting through all this? And they're like, you have, you know, every right to be, to be angry, to blame the guy that lives above me because he's the one who started the fire and look what he did and, you know, and do the whole blame thing. And you know what? I did that. I did that for probably about six months. You know, I, I was very angry. I was angry at all the insurance companies because they weren't moving at the speed that I wanted them to go at. And I was like, come on, guys, this is your one job and you can't do this. Right. And it was it was an interesting time, but it didn't feel good. And I was like, something needs to change. I don't know what it is, and I but I don't like this. I don't like how I'm feeling. And there was one morning, like I say, about six months in, it was like somebody turned on the switch. And I woke up that morning, and I was just like, I think I get it. I think that the thing that needs to change is me. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I don't even know how to start. But... Something, something needs to change. And I know it's within myself. And it was almost, and it, this may sound kind of funny or cliche, but it was almost instantly that when I made that decision that it was me that had to change, I started seeing emails for programs and workshops. And all of a sudden my news feeds on social media is everybody's a coach. And I'm like, where were these people? I never saw them before. And I think because I wasn't ready. Yeah, ready or looking either, right? Yeah, it, it meant nothing to me when it was, you know, I would scroll and I would see something before. But now I was like, that's what I need. Yeah, and it sounds like I mean, this decision is so beautiful. And it's, and I love the way you approach the challenge, right? Because you realize you're not feeling well and you're going through the motions, right? Because you said it took months, right? Months and months of going through the motions until you had a aha moment and it's almost like the idea that I like to use for myself is the idea of seeds being planted within our minds and thoughts that will not sprout right away. But then 
you have enough of them, you get enough water, all of a sudden it's going to be like, boom, yes. coming to life. And now the switch, it's almost like you can't unsee it, right? Once you had that aha moment, you couldn't be like, I'm going to go back to bed and I'm going to forget about it. Yes. It's done, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like uh, when you were talking, the, the image that came up to mind was, it was for me was like bamboo. Because yes. when, when it gets planted, it's very slow. If everyone's ever planted, I, you know, from the beginning, like it seems like it is not growing at all. And then the next thing you know, it's nine feet tall. Right. Cause once it, I don't know, it hits that certain, like I say, it has a p pivotal moment that it gets to that certain m m point in time where all of a sudden, you know, where they would say all the stars align or whoever you want to put it. And it's just like, boom, everything happens. And I think that's where I felt. And, and it was interesting. Like you, you know, you were saying how your eyes were open. I felt like for me, it was like a veil being lifted. And once that veil is lifted, you can't, put it back, <laughs> you know, and if you see the world a different way, you see yourself a different way, everything is viewed differently. And that, and someone listening may think, ah, oh, like, what kind of drugs is she on? Like what, you know, and it, 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 it's hard to explain unless you're in it. And, you know, and I'd heard other people talk about it and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. But when it actually happens, you're like, oh, I get it. You know, it just, it, it is, it's just like something the cloudiness or something gets removed from your eyes, gets removed from your brain. You, you, you see things differently. And so I started this journey of taking like literally every workshop, every program I could get my hands on. Cause I didn't know like what it was I was looking for. So I had to try everything and coming from a science background, cause I, I was a high school biology, science and math teacher. I like to treat myself as an experiment. So I was trying everything to see what works, what yes. didn't. And, you know, like I say, that whatever worked, oh, I like this bits and I would take these bits and I'd try those and, oh, that doesn't work. That's fine. Kind of toss that. You know, I, I was trying to find what worked for me because, I mean, I realize that when you, when you look at workshops, when you look at programs, you can't, no one person can fit into a box. Absolutely. Right. We all have different experiences. We all come from, from different experiences. We all are different types of people. So you're, there's things that are going to work for some that aren't going to work for others. So you take what works and you toss the rest. I don't know who told me that. Right. But I, I was like, I like that idea. Instead of forcing myself to fit this mold, I'm going to take the bits that resonate with me and run with those. And I'm going to find more things that resonate with me and add them to my toolbox. And for me, that's what it was. It was creating this toolbox of different skills, of different things that I could fall back on in those moments when life would show up, right? Because we know that life is always going to be throwing us curveballs. It just, it's just human nature. It's just the way things are, right? And it's at some point in time, something's going to happen. I hope it's not a fire, but it's, you know, those happen, right? There's different variances and degrees and no one is worse than the other. It's just that we all have these experiences that we're going to have to come up against and build that resilience in knowing that no matter what life faces, whatever, what life puts in front of us, we're going to be okay in spite of it. And sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, I, I love the message. You said so many important things I would like to, to touch on, but this last one resonates so well with me because I would imagine you may have been similar to me based on the story you shared, but I was someone that if some, a life would throw you a curveball right, or something negative would happen outside of my control, they will become the emphasis of my day, my week, my month. So then if you lead from a place of negativity, that's more yes. of what you're going to see around you, right? It's almost the idea of the law of attraction. I know you like to talk about that, right? Like it's, it's like, okay, if I'm always negative, of course I'm going to see more negativity because why would I see anything else? So if we shift our perspective and see from a positive side, like you said, right? But not ignore the negative because the negative is always going to show its head but we're better prepared. And the second part I really like that you said a lot, I want to touch on for a second, is the idea that no one tool works for every single person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what unfortunately social media and influencers or others want us to believe that if you follow this three-step process, 
you'll become happier. You'll become a millionaire. You'll lose 100 pounds. You'll do A, B, and C, right? <laughs> There's so many of those. And people need to understand that while you may take one of those tools and apply 10% of it and that works, the rest might not. And that's fine. Like you said, try, try and see what works for you. And that's why we're doing these conversations to share what worked for us and see if anything resonates. Well, exactly. Take it. You know, it's, I wish I could tell everybody that there is a magic pill, right? Take this, do this one thing. Your life is going to be unicorns and rainbows. It doesn't work that way. You know, and, and like you say, I see it every day on social media. Like you say, with those, those programs, those ads, those influencers that just do this and, you know, you'll, you're, you now have six and seven figures and, and that number seems to go up every year. <laughs> and yes. yeah, and it's just, they're, they are, they're selling a dream because we, we all want that. We all want ease in our life. We all not want to not worry. We all want to be happy. And we also want shortcuts often, right? Because oh, we have gosh, a busy yeah. life. We have a busy life. We have a life that, you know, like yours before and mine before, our transformations were not happy lives, right? There were lives where you would have to work jobs you didn't like, right? Maybe hang out with people you didn't like, put on a mask, like you were saying. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, maybe if I do this shortcut, my life is going to look better in 10 days a month or three months, however long the shortcut yeah. takes. And, and again, I, I said, I wish I wish I could tell you that it works. Right. But I find shortcuts is you get short term result, but it doesn't stick. Right. Because you're not dealing with what I, what I like to call the root of the matter. Yes. Right. And, and that takes time, that takes effort, that, you know, and that does mean that there's going to be change. And I, I realize that word change for a lot of people strikes up fear. Right. Because that's unknown. I like, I don't, you know, you see that staircase and it says change on it. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that one because it could be twisty and turvy. There's going to be ups and downs. It's not a straight path. But I can tell you that if, if wherever you're sitting right now and you're, you're, you know, in some sort of pain of, of some sort, rather it be physical, emotional, mental, you know, you're dealing with something that you're just, you're not happy, you don't, you don't like where you are, and you want something different, you can make very simple changes that a year from now are going to make a huge difference. You know, I always, I always equate it back to an airplane. I think, you know, majority of us have been on at least one airplane in our life. And, you know, we may not be pilots, but we know that when the pilot gets in, he dials in the coordinates of where they're, they're heading, right? Because eventually he puts the plane on autopilot. So, you know, he can get some rest and he can step away, right? So he's not driving it the whole time. But if he was to change those coordinates just by one degree, you would end up in a completely different place after 10 hours of flying, You'd be in a different country, you could be on a different continent, just because you made a change of one degree. So when I look at change and I'm talking to people about change, I look at what is one degree of a change that you can make today consistently? Because that's that's the key. If we're doing a change, it's not a one and done. It's not, I'm just going to do it today and tomorrow's going to be awesome. It's a change, that one degree change, that one degree shift that we can make today and every day moving forward. And I can guarantee you, and guarantees are hard to get these days, but I can guarantee if you stick to that one degree shift for 365 days, a year from now, you're going to look back and go, holy cow, look how far I've come. You may not see the differences from day to day. But when you look at it a year from now and you look in that rear view mirror, you're like, wow, you know, I, I need to be proud of myself and I need to celebrate the changes that I have done and the, how far I have come. And I think that's a really big thing, too, is a lot of times we put off celebrating until we think we get to the end of the process. But the reality is we never really know if the end is ever here because we've never been there. So we don't know what the end looks like. So we need to celebrate on the way. I love that. I love that a lot, Sheila. And yeah, to your point, I mean, the end ideally will never come in a way because if we're 
always working on ourselves and learning, there's always going to be layers and layers that we can work upon. So the end is arbitrary, right? I can say the end is when I, you know, I don't know, gain this job or when I change a habit I don't like, right? But then that can be moving, a moving target. It could be expanded six months from now, right? Let's say that my goal is for mm-hmm. one year out and six months down the road, I realize, wow, how far I've come. Well, you know what? That target is no longer feasible for whatever reason. Now it's going to move. So I love the idea of celebrating and almost, would I dare say that also being, you know, bringing gratitude into it. So being grateful for all the hard work you put in and everything that's come out of it, perhaps. Oh, exactly. Like it's, we are so quick to celebrate others and pat other people on the back when they do stuff, but we don't do it for ourselves that often. And I think that's across the board. We just, I don't think we're really brought up to think that way because it's like, oh, that's being kind of self-centered and, oh, that's ego to, you know, oh, look at me. I did something really good. But we need to have those moments because motivation a lot of the time is intrinsic. It comes from within. You know, you'll see a lot of jobs that will, you know, throw bonuses and things at you. And those are nice. They're awesome. But the majority of us are not motivated extrinsically. You know, those are nice little perks to have, but that doesn't keep our motivation going. We have to look at the inside and and celebrate for ourselves. of because and the one thing we need to be sure of is why are we doing this in the first place? Are you doing it because you think someone else wants you to do this or are you doing it for yourself? And honestly, if changes or or shifts are going to stick, they need to be for you. Like it has to be your why. You can't do it for anybody else because at some point in time, things are going to get tough. And then you're like, oh, I'm doing this for you and it's all your fault. And we're going into that blame game again. So it's knowing why we're doing it and then being grateful for that path. You know, and sometimes... And I will tell you, I had days where I would be like, I have nothing to be grateful for today. And in some days it feels like that. And it takes a little bit more effort to find that thing of, oh yeah, you know, I'm in a woe is me kind of moment. And yeah, no, there are, there are lots of things I'm grateful for and, and looking for those. Cause like you said previously, you said when, you know, if we're living with that negative mindset, and we're always in negativity and we're always complaining and we're always blaming, we're priming our brain to constantly be looking for that. But if you are like, no, I, I want to make the shift of being, being in gratitude, being in thanks for everything that I have, that that is going to prime your brain in a different way to look for those things to be grateful for. And it does take time. It is a process. We're not naturally wired to look for the good. Exactly. Right. When you look at it, probably have heard people have heard this, but it right down to our base DNA when we're back in caveman days, right? We, we are built to look for the negative because we had to be safe. We wanted to live (laughs) until the next day. We wanted to have our genes passed on. So we had to make sure that we're not eating the plants that are going to kill us. We're looking for the staying away from the animals that could kill us. Like literally everything could kill us when we were, when we were cavemen. We don't have that same fear when we walk out our doors anymore, but our brains, part of our brains still thinks that way. And so we have to teach it that that just doesn't fit anymore. Like that's old programming that just doesn't work. Like you think of, you're an IT guy, you know, you think of, you know, your computer when we were Windows 7. Oh my God, if people were still using like Windows 7 on their computers, like, sorry, that programming is so defunct. It's not going to work anymore. It's all just going to create more problems. You need to upgrade. Well, over time, as humans, we have upgraded, but we still have this base program that we can't get rid of because it's, you know, one of those original programs that started us off, but we can change it. We can download different software that will help our bodies and our minds work more optimally. 
And gratitude for me is one of the base model ones that we can do, but we get such a huge return on making it a daily practice. Now, whether if you're the person that likes to write and you like to write in your journal every day, or if you're just someone who likes to, you know, take a quiet moment and close your eyes and just think about the things that, you know, that you're really grateful for, you find what works for you, but make it a daily practice. Like I love doing it last thing when I, when I get into bed. So the lights are off, you know, I, I've, I've got my little sound machine on that likes to lull me to sleep. And I like to just lay there and know that the last thoughts, last conscious thoughts going through my brain before I slip off into dreamland are going to be positive ones. It's going to be me giving thanks for whatever it was for that day. And I feel for me that that helps my level of sleep. It helps my nervous system calm down. It allows for, I'm not having those stressful dreams. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night counting the dots on the ceiling because my monkey brain is going like crazy. (laughs) And it's setting me up for success for the next day. Because isn't that what we want? Like, do we, do, you know, have you ever had those days where you wake up and the first thing that happens is you stub your toe? And then you're bouncing around the bedroom, you know, maybe saying a few colorful words because it hurts. And you're like, oh, I got to get ready. I'm now I'm behind. And you're rushing around. You grab your coffee, you take a sip of it, and you end up spilling on yourself. And then you're going to be more delayed. You got to go change the shirt. You get into the car because now you're behind time leaving. And because you're 10 minutes late leaving, you're now stuck in traffic. Right? So and you blame now, everyone else. Well, Exactly. <laughs> right? He's driving too slow. She cut me off and, oh, that truck is getting in my way. You know, and it's, it feels like then the universe is conspiring against you. But it's because we start that negative ball rolling that that's all we see, right? So let's, maybe that's the 1% shift that a lot of us need to make that day is let's wake up with a different mindset. Let's wake up of what am I going to do today to bring joy into my life? How can I do things differently to allow more ease and more peace to come into my day? Maybe you know you're going to be stuck in traffic for an hour. Make sure you've got an amazing playlist to go with you that you can rock out the whole time that you're on your way to your to work. So when you get there, you're pumped, you're motivated, you're ready to go. Again, find what works for you. Find what is what is it that you need to bring the joy, to bring the ease, to bring the peace, to bring whatever it is you need to make your day great. Yes, 100%. That's such a beautiful message, Sheila. And I, I kind of want to go back to, you know, what started your journey here because, mm-hmm. of course, in that moment when that happened and for the months following, it was all negative because it was, right? Yes. It was such a tough experience. But then you shared something beautiful. You said, you know what? The things that mattered to me were still there. I didn't lose them. So even in a moment like that, you could find something to be grateful for, such as I haven't lost my memories, right? The pictures, yes. the things that matter. Yes, of course, the fire is still terrible. Nothing is going to change that. But it's how you approach the situation. And I've seen it in my own life with examples that were like, the example you gave with the morning, right? If I wake up and I'm looking out the window and it's raining again, I could be sad. I mean, like, oh, it's another miserable day. Or I could be thankful for, you know what? It's raining. That means my flowers, my vegetables are going to grow so I can have a proper meal later on and start to be grateful for things around that I can be truly grateful, like my pets, right? Partner, bed, the, the pillow even, right? doesn't even have to get too, too, too technical or too detailed or too big, for us to even consider it can be something small and you get into this and i'll be honest with you i'm someone that until last year i haven't even heard about practicing gratitude. i was like what's that and i was skeptical at the beginning and i started doing it and all i'm telling you it's making a huge difference and i'm someone that hasn't done it for a very long time and i'm already seeing all those benefits because it's a it's a shift in mindset like you said earlier it's working against that brain of ours that's going to always look for 
what's out to get us. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that, right? Like social media and the news, they love to prey on us and our minds because they know that fear sells, right? Fear makes you do things that they want you to do. And you know what? If I put myself in their shoes, I say I'm a news company, I'm someone that tries to sell something. It makes sense if I'm going to use fear because my, my motivation is to make money or to push an agenda a certain way. So from that point of view, it makes sense, right? I'm, so I think when people, or like, I say people, I say, when I, when I shifted my mindset, I realized, you know what? What they're doing is not necessarily bad or good. It's just something that they need to do in order to fulfill their own goals. Then you realize all of a sudden, wait a second, I can put my power there. I can try to worry about that. I can't control it. What good does it give me? I can come back and say, okay, let's control what we can and start from within. And that's those messages you've shared so far. Amazing, Sheila. So much wisdom there. Well, and, and exactly. And I think that's one of the, I think when I, again, another big aha I had is what is in my control? Yes. You know, and I'm a type A personality. I love being in control of things, right? And I love getting my own way, right? Like, like so many other people. But there are things that you just can't control. And when those things go off kilter, that's where a lot of times, you know, they take our peace, they take our, our mental and emotional health with it, right? Because we wrap ourselves with like a, a white knuckled grip on these things, not realizing that we never had any control in the first place. You know, things are going to happen. But it, and I, it, the, the big learning I had is the only thing I truly have control over is my reaction. And when I learned that and realized that then whatever reaction I choose to have to an experience, that is going to lead me to the fork in the road. If yeah. I choose to, to react this way, I'm going to get this result. If I choose to react this other way, I'm going to get this result. So it's having that, that you know, microsecond in time to decide which way am I going to react because which result do I want? And that allows us to be in a more proactive state of living instead of always being in a reactive state because reactive, especially when you think of relationships, that's not fun. That's not, you know, fun to have to then do damage control <laughs> and clean up the mess that maybe our mouth has gotten us into because we've just spewed words in the heat of the moment, right? It's taking that- Oh yeah, that... I've been there many times. I know oh, exactly what you mean, right? We all have, every single one of us, because I think as humans, we have this knee-jerk reaction. We want to react because I think at some base level, we all want to be right, right? We're right. They're wrong. You know, it's, it's the, that base need that we have. So we want to fight to the death to, to prove that we're right. And it's deciding that, is this the hill that I want to die on today? You know, it's that choose your battles, you know, kind of thing. And yes, there are going to be some where you're like, no, this battle is worth it and I'm going for it. And it's like, great, that's your choice. But also whatever results you get, realize that's your choice as well. And that's your responsibility to what, however this ends up, right? We can't, we have to, I hate to use the word have to because that, but it's, it's a shift that I think as society, if we made this, this shift of, I say, I try to think of a, a kind of a good way to do it, that if we thought about the everything with the end result in mind first, I think we would all show up differently. And for me, it kind of goes, can you imagine how the world and society would be if we just take, took that moment to just like say, have that moment, take that breath and go, if I do this, it goes this way. If I do that, it goes that way. Which one is going to serve us the most in, 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 in which direction, how can this be a win-win instead of just a win for me? Yes. And even for you, it'll be temporary, right? It's a short-term win in many cases. Yes. And when it, it's when it's a one-sided win, yeah. yes, it is almost always it's short-term. And then we're looking for the next short-term win. 
But if we can do something that it's mutually beneficial, we both get to win. Hey, maybe we both get to learn something along the way. Wouldn't that be fantastic? I think, I just think that life would be a little bit different and easier if we could learn to do that. And again, this isn't something that can happen overnight, but I think with having a platform like this, having a show like yours, where we can talk about these things and plant those seeds, you know, who knows what kind of bamboo is going to be resulting, you know, from that, you know, it's going to, it's that kind of in perpetuity, right? This may be the day today that we're recording this, but once you put this online, it's forever. Yes, absolutely. Right? So those what are you... you just keep going. Yeah. And Sheila, I was going to say, that's such a beautiful message. And I, I had an idea as you were talking about that. You know, we, you said, you know, what if we could see decision A will lead to this, decision B will lead to this, right? One is more positive, one is more negative. But we have that power, just not in yes. the future. We can look backwards and say, well, we took this, we did this before. Yes, exactly. And it led me to these outcomes, you know, five times. I'm like, wait a second. So I don't want that outcome again. So why should I take this option? I'm going to now try something else. You but mean learn like from people, our patterns? Right? <laughs> but when I say people, I'm, I mean myself too. It's yeah. like, we are afraid to look inwards because what demons are we letting out? What what scary things are we letting out? And be like, oh, now I have to not judge myself, but kind of take account and say, you know what? I acted poorly. It wasn't in my best interest, nor anyone else's. So why am I doing it? So I think like to your very early point when your journey started, it was about looking inwards, right? That self-discovery, realizing that you have the power to make so many choices, all the choices, right? And the power resides within you. But we keep giving our power away to others because for whatever reason, I was there as well. And I'm not really sure exactly that I know why. I was giving my power to others because I thought everyone else knew better than I did what was good for me. Well, and it's and it's the the learning to listen to that little voice. You know, we talked a little bit at the beginning, I think it was before we came on air, where we were learning to, the power in learning to listen to that intuition. And, you know, years and years ago, I mean, I, I'd always heard about intuition. I thought it was very woo-woo. <laughs> I thought it was only for ultra spiritual, special people. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't have that. I, that's just not for me. But I realized in this process that we all have it. But through our life experiences, you know, it gets buried under layer upon layer of a, of a lot of the just real technical term stuff that happens in our lives, right? It just gets buried under all of those experiences and, and like I say, negative emotions and just negative things. And you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But I have learned through this that if I don't listen to that voice, something usually happens. And I've tested it a few times. And I'll be, you know, I felt something and I'm just like, oh, not today, voice. And, you know, and I ignore it. And then the next day I'm like, all right, had I listened to it, this wouldn't have happened. Right. And it's you usually and it's not like a karma thing, but it kind of it kind of sort of is right that you see the reaction of not of. Yeah, because you get the warning signs, right? You get the warning signs in a way, right? You get those messages. You decide, like you said, you have a choice, right? You can decide to listen and act accordingly or you can decide to ignore. And then there may be a consequence to that. right? Well, and those are the you know, we always talk about the red flags. That, you know, that we get, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in business dealings, oh, there's a red flag. Okay, well, that red flag is something within you that's like, this isn't right. Or you need to look at this a little bit more, or you need to ask different questions. It doesn't mean that it's a deal breaker. It just means that there's something you need to pay attention to. And when we start listening to that more and more, the voice gets a little louder, a little stronger. It makes it easier to trust it. And again, it's a process, right? It's, I'm not going to say that just overnight, you're like, you're going to feel like you can automatically trust it. it. It takes some time, but it's start listening to it, start paying attention to it and realizing that 
you do have this inner knowledge where it comes from, you know, bazillion people would have a bazillion different answers for that, but wherever it comes from, it's there to help us, you know, on our path, on our journey, see life a little different. Just give us that momentary stop sign of, Hey, I just need you just to take a breath and look at something. Yes. And, and again, and if we, we start bringing that in and start practicing and start doing that, I think we're going to see that more ease. We're going to see our, our reactionary selves starting to take the back burner because we are taking control of our life. We're taking control of who we are in that life, how we're showing up. And you know what? People are going to start to see a difference. They won't be able to put their finger on it. They're going to be like, something's different about you because you are going to be showing up differently. And they'll be like, I want what Kool-Aid he's been taking. And to your point from earlier, Sheila, it's like that's when the veil will lift off, right? You don't need to have such a big, you know, aha moment like you had to go through, which was tough and tough. And most people won't have that. But if you start doing the work, you don't have to wait for a big moment to come into your life for the veil to lift. You put in the work, and guess what? As part of the, you know, as part of the process, as part of the beautiful journey, that will come off. And that's exactly how my journey was. It wasn't like one huge aha moment were multiples that, you know, a bigger one kind of pulled it off completely, but the smaller steps and the smaller changes I began making is kind of like more and more was lifted. And I, I see that more and more in people around me as well is you start putting in the work, you start looking inwards, you start doing some of the small exercises like practicing gratitude and other other tools that one can use. And all of a sudden you're going to have big changes that people will notice and you will notice even more. Well, and it's interesting. I was I was listening to a book because you know I was I was on vacation at the beginning of the year and we were doing a lot of driving, so we would put on an audible you know book to listen to. So we were listening to this this as we were driving along, and one thing that really stuck out that she said is we are right now we are in a very interesting point in time of human history, where. We are, as humans, are taking more control of our journeys. You know, it's, you know, rather you want to call it an, an age of enlightenment or if whatever you want to, you want to put a label on it in some way. But it's, it's like there's so many more people that are asking the question, why am I here? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Where we never had that in our parents and grandparents and great grand, like they they just put their nose to the grindstone. They just did what they had to do. But we're in an interesting point in time where we we are taking more control of of that of our journey of our lives and seeing what direction we truly want to go in because we realize we can't again, like I said before, we can't do this for other people. We have to live our lives for ourselves. And, and I think we're starting to see that each generation is seeing that more and more that they, they want to have meaning and purpose to their lives. I, you know, I can't, I don't know which generation we're in now, Gen Y, Gen Z, I can't keep track of them all, but there, there's one of them in there that where it's really, I've read that it's really important to them to have that purpose, to have that meaning. And, and a lot of people are poo-pooing them for that. And I'm like, but no, this is just our next evolution. You know, if we think how, because I'm, I'm a Gen X. And, and if I think, you know, I know a lot of us Gen Xers will think that we're, of course, we're the best, you know, generation that there is. But, but we all think that way. Whatever generation you're in, we all think we're the best, right? But each one, there is a level of, evolution that happens that we can learn from each other because each one is almost like that onion, right? They peel off a different layer. They discover something new. And who says that we know what we're doing? Because we don't have the handbook. None of us do. So let's adopt all these new ways or at least open our mind to the possibility of it. Exactly. And that's such a beautiful message as well, because no one has the playbook, but we all hold pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. 
So if we work across generations, across cultures, across any ways that we like to divide ourselves in, we're going to have all the pieces of the puzzle and imagine the beautiful world that we could create at that point in time, when we oh, bring exactly. enough pieces of this puzzle to make it a reality. Yeah, because yeah, I like to think of life as a jigsaw puzzle. But one of those jigsaw puzzles that the box is just blank. So we don't know what we're building. We just have to take each piece that we're given, see where it is that you can you know, fit in easily. Like we don't want to force ourselves to connect and be in certain areas. We want where can I fit in with ease and who can I connect with to then we can build upon that. Right. So like you said, the, each generation has a different piece. And as we build and add and keep growing, well, again, we don't know what the end result is going to be, but at some it's just going to get more beautiful and more beautiful as it goes. Yeah. And, you know, like I've heard it many times where no one has not one religion, not one culture, not one person has all the answers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's part of the beauty because to your problem, let's say someone had the answer. And that was the answer. Then what was the point? For, what would the point be for everyone else? You're just going to follow that and that's your life. I mean, to me, that sounds very boring. Yes. So I think part of the beauty of life is not knowing the answer and being in pursuit of whatever makes you happy and what brings you closer to that answer for yourself, right? And the answer might be a bit different for me than it is for you. And that's fine because we all have our own journeys. But the best part, and I think you touched on this a bit earlier, is that you have your own journey, I have mine but we can have a much better journey if we come together and we share yeah. our experiences exactly. and learnings and everything else. Yeah. We're not on the same path, but we're going, we could be parallel. And sometimes we're going to be, we're going to be coming together. And then some points we might divert in different directions and we might come back. Right. So that's where it's just, like you say, that's the beauty of life. And, you know, and like you said, if we were all going in the exact same direction, oh my gosh, we'd be robots. Right. Yeah. Again, that doesn't I mean, sound very exciting. Anyway, right? Like, you know, society in a way, right? Like the way we're chasing the American dream, a lot of us have been in the past. It is almost like that robotic way because we're all chasing the same things that are not making us happy. They're making us miserable. And then we're wondering why. So that's why I think a lot more people are waking up these days and saying, what is this the life I want? I want do I want to work eight hours, commute for three and then respond to even more emails while I'm with my kids or my family. And then you catch up on sleep on the weekend. I mean, you know, how long can you go for doing that? Well, and, and who was it that said that this was the dream that we should all follow? You know, and I'm kind of like, who was that person? Who, who, who made him think or her think that this, they were the ultimate brain that figures that this is the direction we should all go. You know, it's, we and it are. might have been good at that moment in time, right? It well, might exactly. have been. You know, it might have been the right answer, which it could have easily been. But as things evolve, like everything else evolves, things change. Like we're talking about our goals shifting as we progress on our journey. I think, you know, that applies everywhere else in life. The targets shift, the targets move. And I think that's where we are as well today, right? Realizing that those things that were set in stone decades ago are not serving us anymore. Well, exactly. And that's why we need to check in every so often with ourselves, Right. Let's say six months ago. So in January, because January is the time when a lot of people like to set new goals, new you know affirmations, new whatever resolutions. Check in on each quarter. Does that goal still mean something to you? Because I can guarantee who you are six months from now is not the same person you were, you know, six months ago. And things may have shifted. Things may look at you may look at me looking at things differently. So maybe why stay with a goal? that the old you wanted, that the new you is kind of like me, you know, not so really excited about it. And just because it is a goal, like you said, it's not written in stone. They're fluid. They can change. They can evolve with you. And I find a lot of things in society, you know, when you actually look at why we do them, well, some of them were put into place in the 50s. And we're like, why are we still doing things that were put in place in the 50s? They don't it doesn't pertain to like almost any of us anymore. On a logical level, but also research showing a lot of those things are now no longer serving a purpose. So depending on what type of person you are, if you want to look at only research only, there's plenty of that and you can find it, right? If you're someone that just can look and say, you know what? This truly makes me unhappy. 
it doesn't serve a purpose. Let's make a change. Well, you can do that too. You don't have to wait for someone else to tell you that something is wrong to make a change. And I think that's the biggest aha moment I had because, again, I was always someone that looked externally for everything from validation to instructions to guidelines, when really a lot of them were within me, but I never stopped to pay attention or give, to your point from earlier, give my intuition enough time to, not enough time, but enough space to show up and give my ears or my brain or whatever you want to call it enough space to to listen to that message. Yeah, because sometimes we have to, well, and I find that it's just in life in general, we are surrounded by so much noise and so much distraction that it's hard to hear, you know, those those inner messages, those inner inklings kind of thing. And I know a lot of people, the the idea of, you know, sitting quietly with themselves is a little bit daunting because like they don't know what's going to bubble up. But I think if we can five minutes, give yourself five minutes a day and, and build on that just to have the, that momentary time where it's quiet, where you allow your brain just to catch up, you know, and process a lot of the stuff that we bombard it with in a day, you know, we will start having those answers allow them to bubble to the surface and and we don't we won't always be in that position of looking for that outside validation because we've given ourselves that time to validate ourselves yeah you're essentially empowering yourself to make some of the changes in your life right and see some of those results you're hoping for and the beauty with this i would say and i would argue is it doesn't take a lot of effort not a lot of time to see results Unlike other things that you may say, okay, let's say in my case, you know, I want to lose a hundred pounds and get in shape. Well, that's going to take me a long time. But if I start practicing gratitude, which I have, again, not very long ago, I can see impacts pretty much within the first week, week and a half after, right? And I can only build on it and on it and on it, right? And I think that's to your point from earlier. Give yourself the chance for some self-care, some self-love, and then see how far it can take you. Exactly. Those aren't just buzzwords. They actually do mean something. And and it's something that we all need, you know, men and women. Like a lot of times when you think of self-care, self-love, a lot of time people just look at it that from the female side of things, because that kind of tends more towards that. But you guys, you need it too. Right. Absolutely. And you know, and when we talk about the the self-care, like I say, not only physically, because I mean a lot of times that's where we think of most of the physical self-care, but it's taking care of our mental health, taking care of our emotional health, taking care of our spiritual health, whatever that looks like for you, right? Because it's it doesn't have to be, you know, I know a lot of people, as soon as they say spiritual health, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not religious or I don't believe in anything. There's whatever meaning, whatever is meaningful to you can be a spiritual experience. Exactly. Right? It just means that you you feel like you're connected to something bigger than you. So it's, and it's spending that time of nurturing those parts of yourself. Because I can tell you, you can do all the right things physically. You could eat all the right things, get your, you know, eight hours of sleep, keep yourself hydrated and doing all the exercise, but you can still not be healthy doing all that because- Or happy. Or happy. Yeah, because you, mentally, there's a lot of things going on that need to be addressed. Emotionally, there's a lot of things going on that need to be addressed. We need to think about our bodies as a holistic organism, right? We're not just the shell. We're not this, you know, kind of meat closet, you know, that we are, right? We there's We're more to that. We're deeper than that. Yeah. And I would say that's such a great point to bring up because I'm looking at you know, let's say the workplace, right? I work in the tech industry, large organization, and of course in other organizations as well. The buzzword is mental health, right? People want to uh, bring attention to that. But mental health, unlike the physical body, you cannot see, you yeah. cannot physically measure. Right. So then to your point, like your emotional health, your spiritual health, all of those things are important, but because we can't measure them, we tend to ignore them. Yes. And it's just bringing awareness to them. In my mind, awareness is like half the battle. If you're yes. aware of a problem, then it's much easier to actually address it. But if you ignore it and you don't bring it to the front, then you're not aware of it, really. And to your example from earlier, it's going to catch up to you at some point. 
and then you're going to have a much bigger problem to deal with. Yeah, the monster under the bed has a tendency to grow if you keep ignoring it. <laughs> so it's it's definitely yeah, definitely an area areas that we we want to spend some time in. And and yes, especially during this time you know of COVID that we've all been going through, everybody's mental health took a hit. And it's going to be years, I think, before we fully know the impact that it has. And, you know, I was talking with one of my doctors, just, I think just last week about this. And, you know, and she was saying that the, the mental health aspect of our medical system took such a huge hit of, like, I can't remember the numbers she told me, but just of the, the increase in the calls and the, the appointments and everything that happened that it has not had a chance to respond. I mean, we're three and a half years in, and they are so far behind in being able to, to set anything into place to be able to take care of this. We need to empower ourselves to, to find ways to get the help because unfortunately our, you know, formalized medical system is struggling in that regard. They, they, I'm not just going to say they didn't react or respond quick enough, but I don't think they knew how, like what, what was going to be needed and how, and how many, you know, things they had to put into place. So they're, they're in reactionary mode and that may take a decade, who knows, to, to straighten out and figure out if it ever happens. But we need to take this into our own hands, take our mental health into our own hands and find ways to unfortunately do this, or I won't say do it ourselves because we're not alone in this, but finding somebody who you can connect with that can help along these lines because it is so needed right now. We all need to have that outlet, that safe person that we can go to and just talk to, right? Because not feeling like that we, we are alone and behind closed doors and have to stay in the shadows and have to deal with it ourselves. We don't have to do that. That's that's our old old way of thinking of you know in the fifties of how things used to be taken care of. That doesn't work anymore. We know what works better is having a community, having those people to to hold our hand and help lift us up until we're strong enough to do it ourselves. That's yeah. You know what? We can drop the microphone right there, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> it. We're done. Yeah. It touches my heart big time because. I, you know, it wasn't long ago I was down the same path, right? Mental health issues, closing in on myself, not allowing others to come in, not reaching out. And part of it was because I thought I was alone. I thought, you know, the challenges I'm facing, why would anyone else be facing similar challenges? So if there's one message we'll leave our audience with is this idea that you are not alone, right? You can reach out to a friend, give them the chance to help you out because, Likely, if they are good friends, they're going to want any opportunity they have to help out, right? Even if it's just listening. And when I started reaching out to my friends, allowed my family back into to get through 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 my heart, right? Those close to me, that's when the transformation began, right? Went from someone that was very unhappy, despite having an amazing job, amazing family life, everything everything, everything you would want, right? Still not happy. Now, coming out on the other side because you allow people to come in, but also allow your vulnerability to come through and say, hey, I was struggling with this, but here's what I'm doing now to, to make it better. And there's no, again, there's no one answer that fits everyone, but I think the biggest lesson is that no one is alone, yes. right? And that's, I, I 100% believe that. Yeah, Sheila, I, this was so amazing. I, liked, I would you. love to ask you two questions. I'd like yes. to ask all my guests two questions at the end. Sure. And they're pretty simple. They have to do with time travel. If you can go back in time 10 years ago, right? So just a few years after the fire, and you can give your younger self some piece of advice that will help her on the journey, what would it be? The first thing that comes to mind, it would be just to tell her that you will be okay. You are going to be stronger because of this. You are going to learn things that you didn't even know that you needed or wanted to learn from this. And someday, maybe not right today, but someday you're actually going to be grateful for this experience that had happened because it propelled you to something greater. You never, yeah, I never expected. Beautiful. 
How about if you were to travel 10 years into the future? So now you see the older Sheila, all the amazing things you've accomplished, all the people you've been able to impact and help, but not only them, of course, yourself. And you get to see with your older self for 10, 15 minutes, and you can bring back one piece of advice or one insight or anything, really. What would it be? Hmm. What would I ask? Well, I, I, my curiosity would come up and it, like, has everything turned out the way you wanted it to? And I can almost guess that the answer is going to be no, it's better. And, and I think it's just keeping that open mind moving forward that I may have this goal in mind, but I don't have an iron grip on it, knowing that my goal is only the limit to my goal is only it's the, the limit of my mind. So there could be something even greater beyond that, that I don't even know exists and be open and ready to accept that when it appears. I love that. And it relates with what we were just talking about, right? Like our goals will shift, be open to flexibility, allow yourself to grow as a person, because like you gave such a good example, I'm different than I was yesterday let alone three months or six months ago. So before we tell people where, you, where they can find more of you and where they can connect with you, is there anything else that's top of mind for you or anything else you'd like to share that we haven't been able to touch on yet? Oh my goodness. I think we have hit people with so much today. I think I think we're, the, the last thing that you said there is just the most important one is know that you're not alone. We, we may not be on the exact same journey, but we're all on a journey that we can we can share with each other and learn from each other and find ways that we can we, we can just help you know guide and support and cheer each other on as we go along our way beautiful thank you Sheila thank you so much so where can someone learn more about you connect with you work with you or any of those things well, my website is reigniteyourpurpose.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under that same, under at Reignite Your Purpose. You can also find me there under my own name as well. And yeah, and if you want to email, like if, you, if there's something today that you have questions or you have a comment or you're just like, I need to know more, email me. And that's Sheila H. Sutherland at gmail.com. Well, Sheila, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for everything you've shared today, for being vulnerable, for sharing your thoughts and your experiences, your challenges, and of course, how you overcome them. I've learned a lot myself, and I cannot wait until we can talk again next time. Thank you. Thank you so much. It has been a, a pleasure, and I, want, I am grateful for you for allowing me this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content, and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.